Well, the Warriors just had a couple of feel-good victories. Uh, they were feel-good. They were solid, resounding, makes you confident about their title chances victories, but they were home victories. The Golden State Warriors are going back on the road for what could be very possibly the most pivotal road trip of the season. Five games that could decide where the Warriors are, and Kylan Mills and I are going to break that down. We're also going to talk about last night's game. Happy birthday, Stephen Curry. He's 35 and still going strong. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce, personal care, pantry goods. Right now, Ibotta is offering your listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. So it's I-B-O-T-T-A, Ibotta. Use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app. You can follow Kylan Mills on various social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at her name. Super easy, Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzels, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Kylan, I didn't get a chance to talk to you last night. Uh, that was an awesome victory, a feel-good victory. The Warriors prevented a season sweep by the Suns. Would have been the first time in... Clay, Steph, and Dre's history that they would have been swept in a season series. Still the first time they've ever been beaten three times in a season by one team. But nonetheless, they prevent the season sweep. I thought it was an awesome game. What was your immediate reaction? And great to see you. Good to see you, Cyrus. And hello to everyone joining us in the chat. Dynasty Dom, what up? Happy to have you here. Jill, hello as well. Um, I thought it was a great win for the Warriors. I'm just having a hard time really celebrating these home wins because this is exactly what they've been doing all season. Now the question is, how do they bottle it up and take it on the road? But still, I thought it was awesome to see. Clay Thompson was in his bag. He was super efficient shooting the basketball. In addition to 38 points, he was shooting 61% from the floor, 57% from three. So he was efficient, which is a huge question mark for me with Clay because sometimes he puts up big numbers, but that's just because he's firing shots non-freaking stop. He was efficient last night, so mm -hmm. I was excited to see that. Overall, I thought the Warriors' second unit played well. I liked the contributions off the bench. I thought Jordan Poole looked better. He did have a couple turnovers late in the game that were a little bit sus, and some people were pointing out um, on Twitter that I saw Fair enough. Um, but in general, I thought that Jordan Poole came out and looked really strong. And overall, it was a good team win. The Warriors' defense looked much better. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's great. But now the question is, can they win a game on the road? You've got a five-game road trip coming up. The Warriors can't afford to go 0-5. They are just three games up on the 11th or 12th spot in the West, I believe. Um, and so, you know, there's not a big margin for error here. Yeah, the Jazz are in 12th right now, and the Warriors are three games up on the Jazz. So there's just still so much parity between even the four spot right now. The Warriors are in the fifth seed if the season were to end today. The Suns a game and a half ahead of them. So from four to 12, there's just not a lot of leeway and room for error. So the Warriors cannot afford to lose five straight on the road. They've got to figure it out how to translate what they were doing last night into road victories. 
Absolutely. Um, and this road trip is massively huge. huge. Um, I, I, I feel like the team at least is cognizant um, of the importance of this upcoming road trip. I thought last night's game was huge for the reasons you cited. Jordan Poole actually had a great game. He shot 50% both from the field and from beyond the yeah. arc. Uh, and then in the post game, uh, we had something that I haven't seen in a long time. If you ask me when, if, if I could remember the last time I saw the Splash Brothers up on the podium together, I couldn't tell you. I mean, could you remember the last time those two like shared the podium together? It's been no. ages. And that rarely um, ever happens. Players rarely ever do that. So yeah. it is a unique situation, at least in the NBA. I agreed. I mean, in the playoffs, you see it sometimes, but I don't, I don't even yeah. remember like those two doing it in the postseason in recent history. Nonetheless, they shared the podium together. Uh, and I thought it's apropos to, to play this clip um, because they talk about uh, the upcoming road trip. So here is Clay and Steph, also known as the Splash Brothers. Clay, we ask all you guys about why can't this happen on the road? What's happening on the road? Do you guys think why can't we do this on the road this season? I think we're going to do it with these next five games. I think we're going to come come out of this road trip with uh, a lot of great momentum. And although history this season has been not so good to us, I think it's our time to, you know, ramp up our ability to win games. Absolutely. And these are huge games. It starts with the L.A. Clippers tomorrow night. Um, and the winner of that, I believe, has sole possession of the fifth seed because right now the two teams are tied for fifth. Um, you know, you've been tweeting, and I love this. You, you've been tweeting about Andre Iguodala. Let's just get into this now. Uh, Andre Iguodala last night. I thought Andre Iguodala, that was the first time he looked good since his, since he came back. Um, the, the rust looked like it was shaken off. He was he was playing important minutes. He was playing great defense. He was he looked he looked good passing the ball. Looked good handling the ball. He's never looked good shooting the ball, so that's fine. Um, but look. Andre, we all know, even though you're 39 years old, you can still dunk the ball. We know it. We've seen it. And then, Kylan, you informed me and you tweeted something out about the injury report for tomorrow's Clippers game. What's going on there? And, and just yeah, just talk about Andre from your perspective, please, because you've been cracking me up on Twitter. Well, you know, Andre Guadalla was ruled out for tomorrow's game reportedly because of wrist pain, wrist soreness. And I just kind of laughed. And, you know, I think a lot of jokes were made on Twitter last night when it happened. But Andre Guadalla had a nasty reverse dunk against the Suns. And then he also went up another time and he got fouled while, you know, going up pretty hard to the basket. He kind of fell forward and landed awkwardly on that wrist. And now he's ruled out tomorrow. So I joked on Twitter, like, we've got to get a dunking ban in place with the Golden State Warriors for Andre Guadalla. Because at this point, we need the guy healthy. And I'm still convinced that dunk back in January is what led him to be out for a couple months following that. Uh, so a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But uh, Andre Guadalla, we need you healthy. The Warriors need you healthy. And I don't think that dunking is necessarily helping his cause. And also, I want to mention that I think Andre has had nice contributions in his bench minutes in these last couple games he's got to stay healthy though if he can continue to contribute in that way he could be a key piece in the Warriors second unit but the key is staying healthy and at this point Andre has struggled so stop dunking <laughs> yeah man stop dunking it we get it you're you're, you're in an incredible shape for a 39 year old there is no reason to put to, to do what you're doing out there because the fact of the matter is you're old dude you're an old player uh, and you need to stop doing that. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. Oh. 
Yeah, every time. And Kylan, you tweet this out every time. Ever uh, there was one exception. He did do a dunk the previous game and and came out of that unscathed. But yeah. every time he does something that looks ex, you know extraneous, we're all holding our breaths because it's like, oh boy, did he get hurt this time? And then last night, sure enough. Now the good news is it's a wrist injury. Is that correct? He like yes. fell awkwardly and and sprained a wrist or hurt yes. a wrist. That's something like that. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. So now the good news. The good news is. Um, even though Andre Iguodala is going to be out, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, when we saw that ankle roll a week or so ago, that looked nasty. Like his ankle was perpendicular to his leg or his foot was. That's how much it bent. Um, and incredibly, he's now listed as probable for tomorrow's game. That's huge. I mean, the Warriors are going to need size for that game. Uh, that Clippers game is just going to be big because, again, the winner of that holds on to the fifth seed. And this is also going to be interesting, I think, in terms of seeing where the Clippers and Warriors stand against each other. Uh, the Clippers scare me the most when it comes to the postseason just because they Kawhi Leonard is one of the very few players um, that can stand up to the Warriors, that can actually beat the Warriors. He's proven it. He's a champion. Uh, what are your thoughts? Let's start breaking down that Clippers game. What are your thoughts on the Warriors and Clippers? Like, Do you think it's as important as I think it's, it's going to be? Do you think it's just another game? Your thoughts on the Warriors and Clippers tomorrow night? At this point, every game is important for the Warriors. Like I mentioned, there's a lot of parity in the middle of the West, and they've got to secure one of those top six spots. The Warriors do not want to go into a play-in situation. So with 30, 13 games left to go in the regular season, to me, every game matters. Going up against the Clippers, I think, absolutely matters even more because now you're talking about needing to get a road win against a playoff contender. And if you look at the Warriors' road wins, Throughout the season, they've only beat a playoff team, at least a playoff team that's in that position right now. It's in the top six in the East or West once. Yeah, and that was Ooh. the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Ooh. that's it. So to me, this is going to be critical. In addition to any playoff team they play on the road, and I got to look uh, to double check exactly what teams they do play down the stretch that are road games, but they've got to be able to beat playoff caliber teams, not in chase center to win a series yep. in the postseason. You're going to have to beat good teams on the road. Of those seven victories, they've only done that once. Only one team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, is a team that's in a top six position right now. Everyone else, I mean, they're beating the Spurs. They're beating the Rockets. You know, they, you know, the Thunder, for example, they've taken on the road who actually beat them, but and that was pretty bad. Uh, but still, you know, I'm talking about beating bottom feeder teams on the road isn't necessarily a sign of life for the Warriors. They need to start proving they can beat teams that are in the mix on the road, because that's what it's going to take to win a playoff series. So to me, every single game counts. And this is the time where the Warriors need to step up and start playing with intensity and start playing like they care in the regular season. And that's one thing that has, you know, just stood out to me is Draymond Green made a comment a couple nights ago after the game saying, oh, you know, in regards to some of the Grizzlies chatter, anyone can win in March. And I said it then I said, you know, Anyone can win in March, but also you do have to show up at some point during the regular season. And to me, the Warriors' apathy towards regular season games has been a problem. They have to start winning now. They are not in a position where they are, have safely secured themselves into a postseason spot. Correct. You have to care about every single game from here on out. You have to win. And to me, the biggest thing is the team showing up on the road, playing with intensity, playing with energy, and playing good defense, which they just have not done. Um, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard has the ability, we know, to beat the Warriors. They're going to have to figure out how to shut him down. But the big key to me is going to be defense and then just bring that intensity, bringing the fight, not giving up, making adjustments in the third quarter, which we've seen them they're hot and cold and how they come out after halftime. Um, so there's a lot of different keys for me. But to me, this stretch, 13 games remaining in the regular season, everyone's important at this point. 
because they're not safe. The Warriors are not safe. They go own five in this road trip and suddenly you're outside looking in. So yeah. they've got to win some of these games in this next upcoming five game stretch. You're absolutely right. There's only 13 games remaining in the regular season. That is insane. Crazy, right? It is. It's, it's, it really is crazy because the yeah, because the, yeah, I, I mean, the, the really encouraging thing about last night's game is it, it was the first time all year where the Warriors looked like a team that resembles a champion. It, it, this whole season, they, they just really just looked off. They've looked, you know, just not their normal selves. And last night they looked good. Uh, Chico writes, um, I think Jonathan Kaminga is capable of replacing Wiggins. And Wiggins, again, has missed 12 games. Uh, I, I don't know if he's on the injury report for tomorrow's game. I don't know if there's indication yet if he's going to miss a 13th game. Um, but did Chico finished up the thought by saying the question is who's capable of replacing Jonathan Kaminga. Well, last night it was Andre Iguodala. That, that was where Iguodala stepped up. He basically replaced Kaminga and did a fine job doing so. And thankfully, even though Iguodala is out tomorrow, Jonathan Kaminga is listed as probable. Anthony Slater of The Athletic uh, tweeted that indications are he's going to play. Uh, so let's hope that is the case. Uh, when we come back, Kylan, I want, I want to ask you what your opinion is and obviously give the answer after uh, we give some love to our sponsor. I want to know what your opinion is uh, regarding the Warriors and whether or not they're going to fill that 15th roster spot. Uh, because right now it's not filled. And because of that, as people may or may not know, the two-way players could not play last night. My, my metaphor that I kept uh, pulling out was Myers and Lacob took the credit card away from, from uh, Steve Kerr. He can no longer spend whatever he wants on these two-way players. And and I'm, a, I'm happy, obviously. I don't think I need to get into that. But I love your thoughts on that. Moses Moody, I thought, played great basketball. Jermichael Green, I thought, played great basketball. And Clay Thompson, that first half was one of the greatest first halves of his career. We've got a lot to discuss when we come back. First, we got a new sponsor here. Um, they're called Ibotta. I believe they're they're like uh, the jersey sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Don't quote me on that. I, I heard someone mention that. But uh, Ibotta is basically all about groceries, school shopping. Uh, you know, you can earn cash back with Ibotta. On every shopping trip, Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in actual cash in their hands. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your, your, your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing. Uh, that game you're dying to go to, the fancy dinner you've been craving. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. Again, it's L-O-C-K-E-D. Ibotta, by the way, is spelled I-B-O-T-T-A. That's Ibotta. In the Google Player App Store, and again, use that code locked, like locked on. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You follow the talented Kylan Mills on social media at Kylan Mills, primarily Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Kylan, I was ecstatic. That was that might have been the first game all season where I watched without cringing. 
Um, I hate how negative I've become, but again, I am biased. I want the Warriors to win a world championship. That is my agenda when I criticize a team for certain decisions. Last night, I was happy. Uh, do you think this is going to hold? Do you think this the 15th roster spot will stay empty and this is our final Warriors team? Uh, do you think maybe Lamb or, or, or Ty Jerome will get that guaranteed deal? Your thoughts on the whole situation? I think the Warriors are going to wait as long as possible to make a decision on that 15th roster spot. And here's why. They'll leave it open if they feel like they can, can they can get consistent contributions from Andre Guadalla. Can Jamichael Green possibly be more consistent as a big option? And also, will Gary Payton II be healthy and be another reinforcement on defense? If all three of those things happen, then I think the Warriors feel good about the roster they have right now, and they don't feel like they need to sign an Anthony Lamb to that 15th spot. In terms of Ty Jerome, I also think that Gary Payton II could be a factor there because then you're just looking at a team that is loaded with guards, and Gary Payton II brings the defensive energy that the Warriors need. Ty Jerome, I think, has served his purpose. I think he's done well personally. I know you've been critical of him. I don't mind him. I just don't think the Warriors need him at this point in the season. If Gary Payton II is healthy in time for the postseason, you've got Dante DiVincenzo, you've got Jordan Poole coming in off the bench. I just don't see the need for another ball handler. Um, so to me, if all of the players come back, if everyone's healthy, and if Andrew Wiggins comes back, that's still a big question mark. Then I think maybe you feel okay without signing Anthony Lamb to that 15th spot. I personally would advocate and have all season in signing that 15th spot with a big. I still mm. think a possible center or stretch five would be the only thing that would really help the Warriors that they don't have right now. I don't think that's going to happen, but they do have Anthony Lamb as an option that I think Steve Kerr has been pretty upfront and that he would like to see on the full roster. But based on what Anthony Lamb brings, I don't think they necessarily need that skill set if everyone is back, if everyone is healthy. And that's why I think the Warriors are going to wait as long as possible because a lot of those things are still question marks at this point. They can right. wait up until the end of the regular season on April 9th to decide to sign Anthony Lamb. And I think they're going to do exactly that unless we find out word one way or another. For example, if an injury happens to any one of those players. Um, but I think with Andre healthy, with Jamichael Green playing more consistent or even just being an option on the bench, if Gary Payton II is healthy and if Andrew Wiggins comes back, I don't think they need to fill that 15th spot with an Anthony Lamb. I don't think he adds anything to that rotation that you're already looking at. So I think the Warriors are going to leave it to the last minute because those things are all question marks. Andre Guadalla out again tomorrow against the Clippers. He struggled with his health. We don't know when Andrew Wiggins is going to be back. The last word from Bob Myers is that Andrew Wiggins is expected to return at some point in the season. Does not have a timeline. Well, now the season is quickly coming to a close. Is he going to come back? When will he come back? That still remains to be seen. And then Gary Payton II, we did receive some good news that he is expected to be reevaluated on March 23rd, which yep. was 10 days from when the Warriors made that announcement. From there, if he was healthy, I think then you're looking at another week before he could possibly be cleared to play in games. But still, that would give him a week or so remaining in the regular season to where Gary Payton II could possibly be reintegrated into this rotation before the postseason. So the Warriors could be looking up. Also, Jermichael Green, I think, has played better. And I think he's a player that the Warriors are still maybe on the fence about. Could he be a lower rotation option as a big in certain situations? So again, evaluating all these things in this final stretch of games, I think is going to be crucial for the Warriors. And that's where I think a decision could potentially be made last minute if one of those pieces falls apart. Yeah, I Jermichael Green, I thought played excellent. I, I still honestly, I have full faith in him. I 
It's, it blows my mind a little bit when Kerr opts to go with Lamb over Jamichael. I know, I know Jamichael has the wrist injury and that's affected his shooting a little bit. He's six eight. He, you know, he he's a big. It's, I mean, he's a monster, relatively speaking, compared to the rest of the Warriors roster. I don't mind him out there. Last night he had a solid game. Uh, played twenty one minutes, scored nine points, grabbed seven rebounds, uh, shot three uh, three point attempts, made one of them. Uh, was three for five from the field. I thought he was solid. Got into that scuffle with Damian Lee at the end. Damian Lee got all feisty at the end. I think he got bitter that uh, his sons lost. were losing the game at the end. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, yeah. First got into it with someone else. I forgot who, who it was. It was a pool, and then he and then he and then he smacked Jermichael Green in the Jermichael back Green, of the head. Yeah. And Jermichael Green had was not going to put up with that at all. Uh, and he wanted some of that brouhaha. Um, yeah, I love the moxie on him. So. Yeah, Jermichael Green play, uh, played great. Uh, I thought Moses Moody played great. I know the stat sheet won't show it in his 15 minutes. Uh, he only won one for five from the field. But what I love is that one field goal he made was a, a dunk. And this was following a previous dunk getting blocked. And instead of getting discouraged, he just kept cutting. Uh, they gave the ball right back to him, like very next play, I believe. He he slammed it home. I think he got fouled in the play as well. Um, I, I thought he was fine. And I honestly think if, if the Warriors give him those 15, 20 minutes a night, they're good. They're good. I don't know. You th- you agree? What do you, what do you think about Moses Moody? Last um, night I liked Moses Moody. I thought he had nice contributions. I actually thought he played pretty well on defense. There were a couple of defensive possessions, and I can't remember who he was on in a couple of those. It all starts to blend together, but where he did a good job of just staying on someone's hip, contesting the shot, um, moving his feet a little bit better, which has been something that people, I think, have been fairly critical of. Um, but I just wish a couple more shots would fall for Moses Moody because when he's not shooting well and it it becomes harder to, you know, to make a case for him to be on the floor when he's just shooting so poorly, which he struggled with. And I think that's another part of the confidence piece, but all the aspects around the game besides the shooting, I thought looked good. Um, I still don't know that I see him being a key rotation piece when it comes to the postseason. But I would be all for him getting increased minutes in the regular season and seeing how he does. Um, he's a player that I would like to see more of to be able to make a better evaluation and who you and I have both talked about. Maybe he needs a little bit more leeway to see if he can work through mistakes and gain some confidence. I will say Moody tore it up, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but he tore it Santa up Cruz? when he got that run in the G League. I don't know yeah. if you know those off the top of your head, Cyrus, but I think that's a great sign and a telling sign. And, you know, if he gets that confidence mm-hmm. up. I'm not opposed to him getting some more run. I would like to like to see just if he did get more minutes, how he can perform um, in the regular season if he can get any consistency. I also want to mention Andre Michael Green, he's been shooting much better. His numbers after really having a rough stretch, especially from beyond the arc, are pretty well up. He's shooting 53, 38, and almost 75 um, in terms of his shooting splits. And those are great splits for a big. I mean, if you're talking about a big who can shoot 38% from beyond the arc, that's a stretch big right there. That's someone who can spread the floor. And like I said, I feel like he's had some rough rough patches, but he's actually shooting 50% in his last 10, I think. Um, So his numbers are on the way up. And I think that is a good sign heading into the postseason for the Warriors that JMG could possibly be a piece that does contribute if he continues playing this way. My struggles are that he has been inconsistent throughout the season. He has had times where he just is shooting not well at all. And if you take away the stretch big piece, he's not necessarily the best defender on the floor. 
Uh, but when he is making those shots, I think he can definitely have an impact on the floor spacing on offense. And right now he's doing that. So I'm not opposed to seeing what JMG can do as well and seeing if he can continue to play consistently during this last stretch of regular season games. Yeah. I And, you know, a few people uh, randomly, whether it's on social media, in our chat, um, they, they bring up that Moses Moody, like they're, they're seeing him not playing good defense. I don't see that. I don't know where that's coming from. Every time I watch him play D, He's not playing OAD. Like, he's not a traffic code. He's doing a perfectly fine job staying in front of the opposition. If, if For the folks who complain about that, tag me in a tweet and, and get the video clip. Like, show me that actually happening. Because every time I watch Moody play, I think he's doing fine defensively. And he actually was guarding, I don't know if he got switched up on Aiden or it was, it was a bigger player last night. And, and I even did a good job there uh, defensively. He's got the 7-1 wingspan. He is shooting 33% from three. That's not bad. So it's not like he's a horrible shooter. He's at 33% is the Mendoza line. You shoot above that, you're good. Um, you know, so I just, I, I hope he gets more run. I hope last night was the beginning of things to come, but I can't get my hopes up on that given the way Kerr has treated him. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to finish up with talking about Jordan Poole. The baddies were in the house, uh, which is really remarkable that that's a thing, right? Like that individual, whoever she is, uh, she was back in the arena last night um, and whether it's a coincidence or not, Jordan Poole was shooting lights out. He was playing solid ball. Uh, there's obviously more than just the baddies for, the, for Poole's success. Got to mention Clay as well. We'll come back and finish up the talk on the rest of the road trip. Um, first, got to give some love to FanDuel, uh, the official sports book of Locked On. Let me get our overlay right here. There you are. So, look, the midway point of the NBA season is sort of here. If you count the postseason, you can say that. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I've been telling people for about a month now, the Warriors' odds to repeat as world champions is astronomically low. And I'm, I mean that from a betting perspective, meaning you're going to get great odds if you bet on them to win a championship. That's not going to last, folks. So head over to Sportsbook and at a minimum, drop some money down to the Warriors to win the title because last time I checked, the thing was plus 1,300. Those are phenomenal odds for a dynasty that on average has won a title every other year over the last eight years. Those are insane odds. I would take those if I were you. Just my opinion on the matter. If FanDuel was legal in California, I would have made that bet yesterday. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Kylan Mills. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. I want to play a soundbite from Steve Kerr following last night's game where he was talking about uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, who had a monster first half, 33 points, eight threes. Uh, he had a, a quiet second half. I mean, I was he, when that happened, I was wondering if he was going to have another 60-point night. A um, little cooler in the second half, but still, that first half was unbelievable. Led all scores in the game with 38. 
Here is Steve Kerr talking about Clay's performance. You mentioned being 0-3 against Phoenix. Uh, a couple of those losses there, Clay in particular, showed a lot of frustration. I think it was the first time he's ever been ejected. Um, did you feel, you know, his uh, him being extra fired up for the Booker matchup, for the Phoenix matchup tonight in that first quarter? I just think Clay's been in such a great place now for uh, for a while, for several months, um, and. Um, the, the the two early Phoenix losses, um, he really struggled and showed a lot of frustration. So I know it felt good for him to have that, that huge first half, um, regardless of who we were playing. But uh, as I said, you know, this is a division rival and a, a team that's beaten us three straight. So um, we, we, we knew how big a game it was and, and Clay knew how big it was. And, uh, you know, he, he came out and set the tone. Um, yeah, Clay was phenomenal. Uh, you know, I don't really know what we can add about that. It, it, the, the pool situation, you know, people are still like sour on him. Some media outlets are posting some clickbaity uh, 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 pieces of content talking about maybe trading pool. Um, I, I, I recommend slowing down that role in terms of that talk. He was just a year ago, not even a year ago. This 23 year old was the sixth man on a world championship team. He's averaging over 20 points a game. His assist numbers are up. Um, and in fact, Rick Barry, Hall of Famer Rick Barry and I just did a show a couple days ago and Rick nailed down exactly the reason why Poole's shots um, and his shooting percentage is worse this year. Um, I'm going to play that snippet, I think, on the next episode of Locked On. Uh, so consider that a tease. Um, but what is your thoughts on Poole? He had a great game last night, shot 50 percent from both uh, the field and from beyond the arc. The baddies were in the house. I thought he was even playing great defense. He looked controlled. Uh, you know, I think he had three turnovers, but two of those were kind of late game inconsequential turnovers. And by the way, I want to add real quick the Moses Moody, it, that turnover at the end of the game or his, before he got pulled out, that was his only turnover of the game. So bad turnover. Yes, but it was the only one I'm going to give him a pass on that. But your thoughts on Jordan Poole? He looked great last night. Um, can, can the Warriors count on him? Your thoughts, Kylan? I thought Jordan Poole did look great. Um, I think the Warriors can count on him. I just don't know that I still like the ball in his hands in late-game situations. Last night, you mentioned inconsequential. The Warriors did have a lead, but that 10-12 to 12 point lead did not feel safe at any point, and there was a string where the Warriors just had made some dumb decisions, and Jordan Poole was a part of that. So that's my only real remaining criticism is, is Jordan Poole going to be reliable in late-game clutch situations that's my only question mark. I thought his performance overall, very strong last night. He's at his best when he's attacking the basket and not forcing up threes or forcing shots, rushing shots in general. And I thought he did well yesterday. Um, defense still needs to be worked on. That's no secret to anyone. Um, and then to me, it's just, uh, and then another thing I think is positive that is worth mentioning is that he put up the numbers he did off the bench. And that's been a big problem throughout the season is that Jordan Poole in the start lineup and Jordan Poole off the bench have been like two different players um so I thought it was very encouraging that he performed the way he did when coming in off the bench because that's something that has been a factor in in the way he plays and his output and his numbers um so that was all positive mm -hmm. um my only concern is just Jordan Poole taking care of the ball you mentioned being under control that's the big thing being under control in late game situations calming down staying composed not doing too much taking care of the basketball those executing those things late game is going to be critical for Jordan Poole, and he's got to start doing those things well now ahead of a postseason where potentially the Warriors would be looking to him to put in critical late game fourth quarter minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'm with, and I again, I, I have faith in Poole. I, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near the point where 
we should talk about trading him. And not to mention at this no. and at this point, I don't know what you'd get back for him. In all honesty, his contract is borderline abysmal. Um, you're, you're gonna have to live with him at least for a little while. Uh, you know, people in the chat are talking about Andrew Wiggins. Um, the injury report does confirm that he's going to miss uh, tomorrow's Clippers game. That'll be his 13-game miss this season. Um, I mentioned this on on yesterday's show, Kylan. I've heard, uh, and again, don't use this as as a statement of fact, but I've heard from a trust trustworthy inside source um, that whatever is going on with Wiggins, it's not him personally. Uh, whatever this, it's going on, it's with someone he knows. And I'm just praying. That it's not his kids, and I hope that is that one of his two daughters is not ill or something going on there. Um, but I have faith he's going to come back. Like, do you think, in, in your opinion, just based on covering this sport as long as you have, being around the Warriors as much as you have, um, what is your intuition telling you, Kylan, regarding Wiggins? I think he's going to be back in time for the playoffs. What do you think? I'm inclined to believe that Andrew Wiggins will be back in time for the playoffs. One, that's what the Warriors brass has indicated. They did not have a set timeline, but they did say their belief in conversations with Andrew Wiggins was that he would return before a postseason run. Also, just knowing Andrew Wiggins, knowing his dedication to the Golden State Warriors, his dedication to basketball. And I think it's been unfair that it's been questioned in light of recent things that have gone on. The same thing happened last season and seasons past where he's been questioned. Um, an article that I pointed out is something that I know your friend and, and a guy that both of us really respected admire, Connor Letourneau, had mentioned in a podcast last season that um, Andrew Wiggins and his girlfriend, Michael, I'm guessing, I'm not sure how to say I that. I thought it was Michelle. Um, had discussions. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I don't Michelle? know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, sorry. It, it, anyways, Andrew Wiggins and his girlfriend, I just didn't want to leave her as a nameless individual, but not positive there, um, that they had made a decision to delay her labor so that Andrew Wiggins could play in the Warriors regular season game. And to me, that's very telling of the level of dedication, both of Andrew Wiggins and his family. Um, you also look at him taking a pay cut to stay with the Golden State Warriors. And that's mm-hmm. a fact. He could have gotten more money to go elsewhere. And he flat out said that he wanted to stay with the Golden State Warriors because he wanted to be a part of this organization. Um, So to me, I don't question that Andrew Wiggins would be here if he could be here or if there wasn't something very major going on in his personal life, which needed his entire and immediate attention. Um, But to me, that also says that if he can come back, he will. I would lean towards the fact that he would be back. The Warriors have indicated he should be back in time for the postseason. I'm going to choose to believe that. I just, I don't know. It's tough because, you know, it's like weeks, one week has turned into two, has turned into three, has turned into four. And then you really start to question, is he going to be back or not? Um, And so, I don't know. I'm leaning towards him being back. But one thing I will reiterate is that I wish the best for his family, hope the best for him and his family. I don't think some of the criticism is fair that I've seen on Twitter and social media outlets. Like I said, I think the guy is clearly dedicated to basketball, to the Warriors organization. Whatever he's going through is something that is obviously requiring his full attention and, you know, just wish. What do you, what's criticism? I don't, what what are people saying? I haven't really seen much in terms of criticism. Oh yeah. Go I tweeted about it yesterday, but if you just like search on Twitter, anyone who's tweeted, you know, media who's tweeted anything Wiggins related, like there are people in the comments that are just saying that he's, you know, maybe not dedicated to the organization. He should be required to come back because he's making a lot of money. He's on a contract. He's not getting paid to sit around and do nothing. Um, just if you go on Twitter, you'll just see that huh. kind of rhetoric. So, I mean, it's his employer is the Warriors. It, we're, we're not his employer. So he doesn't owe right. us a damn thing. If his employer, the Warriors, are okay with this, that's case closed, you know? Um, 
I can understand the frustration of some people not not knowing the why of it. Um, I get that, but still, you have no right to criticize him. This is his life. Uh, you know, the Warriors are his employer, and if the Warriors are cool with this, that's you know. I don't know what else they really you could really argue about, right? Right. Yeah. No, his employer has given yeah. him the leeway to take as much time as he needs. And ultimately, that's the decision of the organization. Um, so people are mad saying, oh, he's not making money to, you know, do nothing. Well, the Warriors have decided they're going to allow that. And I also think that that's a part of the Warriors culture that makes players want to play for Golden State. It's the fact that they do value family with the Golden State Warriors. They do value people's personal lives and work-life balance and, and, you know, things of that nature that you just don't always see in sports organizations in businesses and companies across the board when it comes to your career. And the Warriors have been very intentional and front facing in that they're trying to cultivate that certain culture. And you've heard, I've heard it from all the Warriors players when talking about why Golden State is that it is a family-like atmosphere and also a team that values family, period. Um, so, you know, if the Warriors are going to allow it, then I respect that. I understand that. And, you know, we just hope that Andrew Wiggins gets through whatever he's going through and comes back. I will say a couple people mentioned in the comments, you know, with, with every day that passes, they feel less likely. And, and I will say that I understand now maybe some more concern that it's now been one week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. You know, now it is starting to get to be a longer time period where you wonder, is he actually coming back? But yeah, and I... I if he doesn't come back, you know, the Warriors will have to figure something out. I know something. someone mentioned something in the comments about could Jonathan Kaminga possibly fill that role? I do think he has the potential. I know he doesn't necessarily have the refinement of Andrew Wiggins. Like, there's no question. I think Wiggins is the more polished player and the better player right now. But I think Jonathan Kaminga could ha does have some of the tools that could potentially help fill that yeah. void. But we're just going to have to see because, I, you know, no one knows the answer right now. And I know people have questioned, well, why aren't the Warriors saying when he's going to be? I don't think the Warriors know. And I truly believe that. I don't think that they've been given a day or a time or a I'm definitely not coming back. Like, I don't think the Warriors have any clear cut answer as to when Andrew Wiggins is coming back if he is. So... I think we all just kind of wait and see and, and hope for the best for his Yeah, Yeah, and for anyone who criticizes his dedication, I would slow that roll immediately. This is someone who loves basketball. This is someone who I believe his girlfriend uh, slowed down her labor so he could play in a basketball game. I forgot what the story is, but it's something along those lines. So she delayed, she delayed her and Andrew, obviously, you know, I'm sure they decide this together, but they delayed induction. So she was going to have to be induced, Thank which you. means, you know, the doctor's basically kind of move the process along you, you know you typically schedule that ahead of time a couple of days ahead a week ahead maybe you're there and they decide hey we're going to induce you now because labor's been you know whatever the situation may be but they decided on a day specifically that was a non-game day and to push it back a little bit so that andrew could play in a regular season yeah. game so i'm just saying you're talking about a big life moment a big life decision and the fact that they would even be willing to have the discussion about basketball um and all this was according to connor letourneau who had in, who had first reported this but the fact they would even be factoring in a warriors regular season game i mean to me that tells the story of how dedicated not just andrew wiggins is but his absolutely family. um and, and gary payton the second as you mentioned uh, a, a few moments ago uh, in nine days, we'll get another update, uh, another re-evaluation. But his, the, the Warriors say his progress is looking good, and he might come back soon. Um, I would agree that Jonathan Kaminga is a solid short-term replacement for Andrew Wiggins. I don't think they're winning a championship if Wiggins doesn't come back. Um, and on a final note, as the Warriors embark on this five-game road trip, I think they did find a starting lineup that is ideal, at least until Wiggins comes back. 
Um, you know, and, and all they've done basically is just swap Wiggins for DiVincenzo. That starting five is a net rating of 24.2. That was entering yesterday's game. And net rating, again, that 24.2 means for every 100 possessions, they're outscoring their opponents by 24.2 points. A net rating of 24.2 for a five-unit, for a five-member unit is phenomenal. So they have a starting lineup. I would not tinker with that um, and hope they continue on. And we'll be back at it tomorrow after the game. That's a huge one. Uh, Warriors Clippers, happy birthday, Steph and Curry. Kylan, always a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. And yeah, we'll be back soon. Bye, everyone.